Queensland had to had to, to stream like we have. It's just been amazing uh, the reach that we've had. And a big shout out to our crew in Nepal this morning. Uh, they have been joining us every week. Our, our missionaries, Pastor Vivek and um, Dinesh and others in, in Nepal have been, have been meeting us regularly online. What, what an opportunity that that has been um, to be able to do that. Um, we, we've, got a, we've got a family in New South Wales that meet us regularly. And we've got the Mullen Group in Victoria and New South Wales. So, so it's been amazing what's been able to happen um, through this season. So... Um, and obviously that's been innovation. We, we've had to innovate. And, and I start to think about this and, and I believe the title of my message this morning is Jesus, the Great Innovator. Because you see, Jesus him very self actually to, to live a life as a follower of Jesus, I believe is the most innovative thing that anybody can do. You know what? He takes something. He takes something that is intrinsically broken. He takes something that had no way and, and he turns it around, he turns it upside down and out of it comes something amazing that nobody ever expected. And, and I think as we go forward, let's keep that spirit of innovation uh, alive among us as we go forward and, and let's live for Jesus in an innovative manner. And I think to continue to innovate, we must have the courage to abandon and embrace. You see, that's what it means to follow Jesus. You actually, you know what, you abandon a life that was destructive. You abandon a life that actually wasn't taking you to the purpose that you were created for. And you abandon that, you leave it behind and then you courageously embrace something that takes you into the future. And that's what innovation is. It's actually having the courage sometimes to abandon something that actually seems good but also having the courage to embrace something that is new, something that is unknown and something that is actually not, not like, doesn't necessarily feel like a sure thing. You know what? I've got a word for that. It's called faith. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we actually feel something in our heart and we know it, but we've actually got to take that step where we actually embrace something of the unknown, something that, that is not clear. And, and that's, that's what we must do to be people who innovate. And Paul addresses this issue in, in Ephesians chapter 4. And, and this, is, this is a real pivotal chapter here for the church. And, and it says this in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4 is, is actually this chapter where Paul actually explains how how the church, how the body of Christ actually works. And, 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 and if you want to know how it works, if, you want to, if you're one of these people that wants to know about the workings of something, who, who's somebody that, that ever, ever pulled a toy apart as a kid to find out how it worked? You know, you know like, like you had a perfectly good toy and you completely dismantled it, you understood how it worked, but it never worked again. <laughs> And if you're one of those people that want to know how this stuff goes, Ephesians chapter 4 tells us how the church can actually work. And, and, and in, in verse 22, I'd actually love to preach the whole chapter of Ephesians 4 at some point. It'd probably take a while. But, but, but right now I'm going to start at, at verse 22 and it says this. It says, Throw off your sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, it says, let the Spirit renew your thoughts, attitudes, put on a new nature, created to be like God 
truly righteous and holy. Are we courageous enough to throw away the old to make space for the new? See, his spirit wants to bring new. His spirit actually wants to renew you. But there is this step where we've actually got to be courageous to throw away the old so there is space for God to do something new. Who's ever got rid of, um, you know, you've been having a talk at home and you're going to get a new lounge suite or you're going to get a a bigger TV but you haven't got it yet. Maybe you haven't got the money or, or maybe you just haven't sort of got to that point where you're, you're prepared to do that. But you get rid of the old first to make space and you think somehow it might bring it on a bit sooner. See, see, see Alex would do something like that. She would. She would, she, she, would, she, would, she would think about getting rid of the old lounge suite so it made space for the new one to actually come in. And she says, is that right? She's actually never done that, but, you know, I could imagine it happening. But here's, here's, the, here's the process. Here's the process of what Jesus wants to do in you. He says, throw off, get rid of, discard, let go. Do you understand those words? Throw. <laughs> get rid of, discard, let it go. I sang that to somebody once. I can't sing at all, but it had an impact. Let it go. <laughs> you see, here's the process. Discard, let go of the old and then the, you make space and then the Holy Spirit brings the new. He, he wants to renew your thinking, your thoughts and your attitudes. Who's, who's ever had a, who's ever had a, a bad attitude? Those out there, <laughs> those in the Derwent Valley, those online with us this morning, who's ever had a bad attitude? Come on, come on, why don't you say, yeah, me? Come on, let's all of us, come on, come on, I want some, I want some atmosphere here. Come on, let's, let's confess, let's admit that we've had bad attitudes. <laughs> who's, had a, who's, had a, who's had a grumpy attitude um, during this, this COVID season? I... I We've got an amazing, we've got an amazing neighbour next door to us and, and his name's Cliff. If you're watching online, Cliff, I don't think he is, but anyway. Anyway, anyway, Cliff, um, Cliff's got a girlfriend in America and, um, and, and, and of course he, he had his tickets all booked and he, he's ready to go. He's ready to go to Arizona, uh, you know, to, to see her again and, um, and of course he's shut down. And, 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 you know, we're talking and Cliff is getting incredibly grumpy about this COVID thing. <laughs> and, and I actually didn't say to Cliff, I, I didn't say, Cliff, you've got a bad attitude. Uh, you know, I, I actually said, yeah, it's, it's a nuisance, isn't it? But, but I, I, could just, I could just feel this thing. And he showed me a little clip someone had sent on a phone about it and it was sort of talking about how they were so over the COVID thing. And, and you know... Things like that, sometimes we'll actually, we find out what's going on there, don't we? We find out where our attitude's at. And, and, and we've actually, we, we've got to actually allow the Holy Spirit to come and adjust and renew 
our thinking. And then we've got to put it on. Put it on. We've got to be intentional. Intentional. We've got to, we've got to put on, we've got to engage with our new nature. Hey, as followers of Jesus, we understand that we have a new nature. We understand when Paul said, you know what, when, when you, you come to Jesus, you're a, a new man or you're a new woman. The old is gone. But he, he also said, you know what, you've got to be intentional about putting that on. Because you see, the, the, the old man or the old woman or, or our old self just seems to flow very naturally, doesn't it? Th- those attitudes, those thoughts, they just flow really naturally. But we've got to intentionally put on the new. So at the end of the service, I'm really feeling led this morning that we're going to pray for some people. We're going to pray for some people and you're saying, you know what, I've actually been through this reset season and we're doing our reset series soon. It's coming up on Thursday nights. You've got to get ready for that. But we've been through this reset season and I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to some people, you know what, I'm going to help you let some things go this morning. I'm going to help you say, I'm going to throw that off. I'm going to get rid of that. You know, and I believe there is a miracle in the house this morning. I believe there is somebody here this morning and you've been battling with something and the Holy Spirit is saying, if you will throw it off, I will come and fill that space. I will actually jump in and I will fill that space and a miracle can happen in you right now. I will renew what is going on inside you. But you know what? We're going to allow people to, to, to stand with you in a, in a, in a appropriate social distance sort of manner and encourage you as you let something go. And, and then we're going to believe the power of the Holy Spirit to come and fill that space and you're going to find you're going to have the courage to put on the new. You're going to have the courage to step in to what's in front of you. So, in coming weeks, I'll talk about how we put stuff on but right now I want to talk about what we need to throw off. What do we need to throw off? What do we need to throw off as a church so that we can impact this city like never before? What do we need to throw off as a church so that we can actually see ourselves go to that next stage and, 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 you know, that God has placed us strategically here in a central location in Hobart? What do we need to throw off so we can embrace what's ahead of us? Well, well, number one, and this is in no way pointed at anybody because I don't feel it, but I, I believe it's in the scripture and I believe it's always a factor. Number one, disunity. We've actually got to choose to throw off disunity. And, and, and earlier in the chapter, Paul addresses this. Ephesians talks a lot about disunity. And, and, and if you start to unpack it, he, he, doesn't say, he doesn't say, oh, be unified or it's your job to create unity. He actually says, you know what, I created unity. The Holy Spirit brings unity. What is your job? Your job's to keep it. You see, God create, created unity. We must endeavour to, to keep unity uh, we, we don't actually have to create it. God commands us to, not to create unity among the believers but to do whatever we can to, to keep it. So here's some practical tips on keeping unity in the body, in the church, in your family, in your workplace. Number one, ask yourself, does it really matter? Does it really matter? Does it matter that much? 
that the kids just spelt coffee, well, they don't drink coffee, <laughs> over the seats of my new car. They haven't done that. But does it really matter? Should I really say that? Should I really say that? Should I really say it? I know I want to say it. I know that person really deserves to hear it, but should I really say it? Listen to what verse 29 of Ephesians says. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But listen to this. And I think we miss the point of this. I think as Christians we focus on don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. So we go around saying, oh, don't tell dirty jokes, don't do this, don't do that. I'll get to that in a sec. But, 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 but Paul goes on further. He says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. You know, we, we hear don't tell dirty do- jokes, don't be rude or crass and, and I think, yeah, because you know what? Most, most rude, dirty, crass jokes are actually demeaning to somebody. Not the fact that they're just rude and crass, it's just that they're demeaning to somebody in our culture, mostly women. So, you know what? That, that, that's a good reason not to engage with that stuff. But what Paul's saying is much bigger than that. He's saying it's more than that. He's saying let's be building people up with our words. You know what? If we want unity, we've actually got to build people up with our words. If, If you've got a spirit of encouragement, go over and above. If you don't have a spirit of encouragement, get one. If you don't have a spirit of encouragement, just try saying this. Hello, it is so good to see you this morning, Rachel. Your smile makes me happy. We could all do that, couldn't we? And Rachel will walk out of here saying Jeff Towns is a nice guy. You know, it is, it is amazing what we can do when we actually choose to build people up. Let's be sensitive enough to understand what they need which will frame what we say and how we say it. Am I building up or tearing down? Am I adding or subtracting? Is what I'm feeling, is what I'm acting in about me or a cause that is much bigger than me. What do we throw off? Listen to verse 17 to 19. With the Lord's authority I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do. And basically here he was just talking about people who hadn't come to an understanding of Jesus. He says their minds are full of darkness. They wander from life. They wander from the life that God gives because they have closed their minds and harden their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. He doesn't hold back, does he? All right, what do we throw off? And when I look at that, I think we've got to throw off dark thinking. We've got to throw off dark thinking. And by that I mean unredeemed or undisciplined thinking. You see, what that verse is all about is the Holy Spirit will transform you by the renewing of your mind, we've actually got to throw off thinking that is not disciplined and is not in line with what God is asking us to do. Who's ever had undisciplined thinking? Come on, just be, be honest like you were about your attitudes. Um, come on. And, and you know, when, when our thinking is actually unredeemed, it actually goes to places that are destructive for ourselves and destructive for other people and we've got to choose to throw that off. 
And, and sometimes it's like the whole toilet paper thing. Just stop it. Uh, New King James Version says, says futile thinking. It says Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. And that's not to say that people who don't have relationship with Jesus, who are, who are not in that, that, that sense of, of, of understanding of him, like, like many of us here now, don't do amazing things with their thinking. You know, we, we've got incredible people that invent amazing things. That would be ridiculous to say that. But you know what? If our thinking is redeemed, in other words, if it's in line with God's purpose that God intended for us, well then there is a natural brilliance when it actually takes on kingdom purpose. You know, if you can have redeemed thinking, you might be brilliant, but your brilliance can go up a level because it's part of the kingdom and you'll be amazed at what, you, what, you, what God can do. Maybe you don't feel brilliant. Well, you know what? In the kingdom you are brilliant because there is nobody that was not created for a purpose and God has got something incredible for you. All right, what do we throw off? Number three, Paul hits it hard here. Ignorance. Ignorance. Who's ever said, well, it was my fault, I didn't know. (laughs) Nobody told me, I didn't know. I've done that when I've been driving. I didn't know the speed limit changed from 200 kilometres an hour 20 years ago. 50 years ago. No, sorry, I didn't say that. Never was 200? Oh. I didn't know that I was in a 50 zone. I didn't know they moved that road sign. I didn't know that that had happened. Have you had that, Katie? And what do you say? You say, ignorance is no excuse, sir. I'm going to book you anyway. Understanding, though, is often more a heart problem than it is an educational problem. And often we're, often we're ignorant of something because we, we, we haven't opened our hearts to a point where we can choose to understand. See, I, I don't think ignorance is totally about education. It's often so much a, a heart problem. Denial, pride, insecurity foster ignorance. Okay, I'm going to go there this morning. What can we do? Those of us, especially from a white Anglo background, what can we do to facilitate healing? Number one, listen more. Listen more. Number two, want to understand. See, I'm a white Anglo. And I don't think I'm racist. But do I understand the complexity of issues that are out there? Do, do, do I understand what it feels like to be an Afro-American whose heritage was slavery? Do I understand that? Well, perhaps I think I do, but I don't reckon I really do. Be less defensive. Suck a bit more up. That's theological. See, personally, I didn't mistreat a slave or subscribe to that practice. I wasn't personally part of a Tasmanian genocide. But my fathers were. 
Our forefathers were. Our Christian relatives in our church history came to America and profited from slavery. Choose to understand. Choose to understand what that does. Generationally. What I'm saying here, I'm just talking about the issue. I'm not supporting the way people respond to it in, in all sorts of marches and sometimes anarchy and all that stuff. I'm not going there. I'm talking about there is, there is something going on big in the globe at the moment and what is our kingdom response to that on the inside. I grew up with those Aborigines... They get all the handouts. Oh, yeah. In Central Australia, they're all driving around in brand new Land Cruisers. I suspect that wasn't probably the case. So we enforce the problem by resenting their handouts. And ultimately, they're not wanting handouts. They're wanting to be understood, respected and valued. The solutions... The solutions may be complex... The solutions are not easily fixed. The solutions may not even seem fair. But let's just take a heart and a posture that will cultivate healing. And and really, where I stand and my understanding of the whole thing, that's as far in some ways as I need to go because that's got to be our start. Not as far as we need to go, but as far as we need to to start to move on the inside. All right. You've all gone quiet. I've given you something to think about, haven't I? What do we we throw off? Number four, hardness of heart. They have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. You know, it's actually connected to ignorance. As, As a child, as a younger teenager... I was actually a fairly, I was fairly sensitive and the result was I often felt hurt. So what was my response to feeling hurt? It was to get hard. Who's been there? You know, my response as a sensitive teenager was to get hard. Was to harden my heart. But you see, a hard heart can't feel, a hard heart can't heal, respond to God particularly well and a hard heart tends to hurt people. You see, you, you can't really overthrow, you, you can't really throw away a hardness of heart. You can't say, oh, I've got a hardness of heart, I'm just going to throw it away. Because you know what? A hardness of heart develops over time just like a callus does on your hand, you know, when you're, when you're in manual work. Um, and and when, when they wrote this, the Greek word was, was a medical one and it was talking about the callus that you basically get around a bone as it healed, you know, this, this hardness that actually develops around a fracture when it's reset. And, and you see, so what should our response believe? I believe even a hard heart can become an open heart. And, it's, and maybe your, your first choice your, is not to say, oh, I've got to throw away my hard heart, because you've only got one heart. You've actually got to choose to open that heart. You've got to choose to open the heart you've got. 
And listen to what it says. It says instead, this is in the, in the Bible and I haven't written the reference down. It says instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts, minds and attitudes. It's from Ephesians 4 and this is verse 24. Put on a new nature created to be like God, truly righteous. You know, you can choose to let stuff go. You can choose to throw away, discard stuff, but you need the Holy Spirit to renew your thoughts and attitudes and that's how we get a soft heart. That, that's step two. And it says in Ezekiel 36, 26, it says, and I will give you a new heart. I will, I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out that stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. I will give you a tender, responsive heart. And isn't that, it's, it's actually, the Holy Spirit can do a miracle in us when we choose to open our heart, when we've become hard, when we've, look, we have been through stuff and we can either become soft or we can become hard and we actually so often need the Holy Spirit to work in us so that our hearts are open and soft and can respond to people. We're going to pray for people like that this morning. So let's have the courage to, to let it go, throw it off. Um, let's allow the Holy Spirit to come into our heart and do a miracle this morning. I, I believe that we really need to do that. I, I believe that, that we need the Holy Spirit to come in to hearts across this place this morning and do an amazing miracle. And as I look around, I see fantastic people. I don't see people who are hard-hearted. But, but I, I understand that we have got things that actually need the Holy Spirit to, to do a miracle and soften us up. When Paul said, throw off your old nature, he said that because he knew that we had something else to put on. I mean, it's no good throwing out your whole wardrobe of clothes if you haven't got anything to replace them with. It's no good, you know, getting rid of the lot and then thinking, oh, I've got to go out, what am I going to wear? I've got one pair of undies, that's all I've got. <laughs> and you're probably not going to leave the house, most of you. I hope not. You know what, the miracle that I want to talk about this morning, whether, you, whether you're here in Moona, whether you're at the Derwent Valley, whether you're listening online, is that Paul could confidently say, throw off, because he knew that we had something better to put on. And, and I want to give people the opportunity this morning to find the better to put on. And, and, and basically Paul was saying, you know what, when you choose to follow Jesus, there is a miracle that actually happens you know, your, your broken self. And, and everybody in this building this morning has admitted just about um, that sometimes they've had an attitude problem. And, and, and I'm sure people in the Derwent Valley, I'm sure online you, you, you're identifying that. I'm sure most of you can identify the fact that, you know, what you are, there are parts of you that are, that are broken. You can identify that sometimes you've had thinking that is really bad. You know, we used to call it stinking thinking. You know, you've had that sort of stuff in your world. And, and, and maybe you've, you've never come to a connection with Jesus Christ and, and you're able to identify that, you know what, Dave has talked about that, that whole racial thing this morning and, and I may not agree with, with everything he was saying but, but I understand that, that our world is pretty broken. 
I understand that we've got big problems. I understand that, that somehow, I understand, you know, I've even contributed to that in some ways in my thinking and my attitudes. There are things that I wish I could take back. There are, when I look back at my childhood and there are things that I did, I wish I couldn't go. And I, I think about that a lot. You might be in that place. But you know what? Getting rid of the old is that Jesus is going to come and he's going to do a miracle and he is going to remove the guilt from your life right now. That, that, you know, that those things that you carry, those things that you wish you could take back, those hurts, that are, he, he would actually do a miracle and remove that from you right now. And, and then he says, if you would be bold enough to say, Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you were so concerned about me that you were willing to bankrupt heaven, that you were willing to come out of, of heaven and, and subject yourself to the cruelty and the brokenness of humanity and, and, and be humiliated. You know, imagine that. God himself, the one that created the universe, allowed himself to be humiliated enough and nailed to a cross, go through pain that most of us could never imagine uh, and go through separation and relationship from his father because he was so concerned about humanity and he was so concerned about you individually that he wants to meet you where you are this morning. And if you'd say, I believe you are that God. I believe that you love me like that, Jesus. And right now, I, I want to ask you into my heart. I want to ask you to forgive me. And from this day forward, I'm going to make a choice. I'm going to follow you. He's not asking you to be perfect. He's not asking you to stop anything. He's just asking you to open your heart. He's asking you to respond to him. And he's asking you to believe that he is God, that he is the son of God and he's interested in you. And if you would invite him into your life this morning, a miracle could happen. And you're in a position then where you can throw off some of that stuff about yourself that you know that, that, that isn't helpful. And he will replace it with the new.